we're just so blessed to have each and every one of you. Amen. You may be seated. How many are ready for the preaching of the word of the Lord today? How many going to preach with me today? We've prayed hard today. I understand that. Amen. How many going to help me preach? I believe the Lord has simple, simple thought today. But uh, I believe God's going to help us. I believe the Lord wants to speak to somebody. At the time of our story, his name was Abram. Abram. But by the end of the story, the Lord has changed his name to Abraham. And so it was that God showed up to Abraham on this particular day in order to let him know that he was going to multiply his seed exceedingly. And that he was going to be the father of many nations. And yet the problem surrounding the promise was that this great multiplication of his seed and of his family and of his future was going to come through his wife Sarah. And up until this point they had been unable to have a child. So Abraham has this promise resting upon him of being a father of many nations and yet he and his wife have yet to have their first child. And to a couple in their child producing years, this may not have seemed like such of a problem for it would only be a matter of time until a child would be born. But Abraham and Sarah had long since past the child-producing time of life. For as we're about to read, the Bible tells us that Abraham was 99 years old. Kind of old to be a dad. Sarah was 90 years old, kind of old to give birth. And so here it is now, we come to this conversation that God is having with Abraham about all of these things. And that conversation went like this, Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. Genesis 17 and 1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. If not, you can view the screen. And the word of the Lord says, and when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant Between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Now, I need for somebody to notice that God well understood how old Abraham was at the time of this meeting. For that's why his age was documented in the conversation. God knew how old he was, and the Lord knew what the physiological status of the reproductive system of a man and a woman in their 90s would be. Because he's the one who created the human body. The Lord Lord knew full well, stay with me now, the challenges, the improbabilities, and the impossibilities that Abraham and Sarah faced in light of the current promise that had just been given to them. And yet, 
There is a definition of a word in this conversation that makes everything make sense. Stay with me. There is, in fact, one word in this conversation that God is having with Abraham that catapults even the most improbable of events into a realm of possibility. For the name Jesus, as it applies to the name of God, would not be known until the angel spoke it to the virgin by the name of Mary in the Old Testament when she was with child of the Holy Ghost. You shall call his name Jesus. So his name This name of God is not going to be known in the form of Jesus until later on, thousands of years later. And so here we are back now in the Old Testament and God is having this conversation with Abraham and we find that the Lord would, in the Old Testament, use many different names or more specifically, should I say, titles, which would simply help humanity to have a better understanding of who he was. For instance, the Lord was referred to in the Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha or the Lord that heals. He's referred to as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. And so when provision was necessary, you could pray and you would call out Jehovah Jireh. You would still be calling the same God. But it was an understanding of that which he could accomplish titles of who he was, what he could do. He is referred to as El Elyon or the Lord Most High. But here again in our story, now watch it now, Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared unto Abram and he said unto him, before he speaks any promise, before he says one thing, again, About promise. He says, Abram, I want you to know I am the Almighty God. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. I am the Almighty God. And what's translated here in English as the Almighty God is the Hebrew word El Shaddai. And what's interesting about El Shaddai is that many theologians give definition to that title as the God that is enough. The God that is enough. Abraham, I know you're 99 years old. And I know I just promised you a child. But what I need for you to understand is that the promise is not predicated upon you, but rather it's predicated upon me. And I just want you to know that I am enough. Abraham, I created the human body, so I know full well that Sarah is past the age of childbearing, but I need you to know that in the face of impossibilities, I am enough. 
I don't know who needs to hear this today, but for the last several days, the Lord has placed a word in my spirit to tell somebody in the house, and that word is this, your God is enough. My God is enough. He is enough. Doesn't matter what category you put him in. Doesn't matter what instance you may be facing. It doesn't matter what you may currently be going through. I've come to tell somebody, your God is enough. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your night looks like, your God is enough. He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. Somebody needs to hear your pastor right now. In the face of impossibilities, God is enough. In the midnight hour, God is enough. In the time of tears, in the time of testing, in the time of trials, God is enough. In my moment of weakness, God is enough. In my lowest and darkest of nights, my God is enough. He's enough. He's enough. You say, you don't know what my problem is. It doesn't matter. I don't need to know what your problem is. I know who God is, and he's enough. The pastor, he's enough of what? He's enough of whatever you need him to be. He's enough of a healer. He's enough of a deliverer. He's enough of a savior. He's enough of a redeemer. He's enough. He's enough of a way maker. He's enough. Enough, 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 enough. He's enough. I feel led of the Holy Ghost. I know the last several weeks and even several months, we've had some in the house that have experienced some great loss. And you've had to endure some tough days. And you've had to endure some rough nights. Mm, And you've had to let go of some things you didn't want to let go of. And I'm here to tell you, in the middle of all that, God is enough. We've got some families in the house that are facing some difficult decisions, direction and purpose and the leading of the Holy Ghost in your life and where to go and what to do. And I'm here to tell you today that in the middle of all of that, God is enough. Don't question that when you don't know what to do. Don't question that when you don't know where to turn. Don't question it when you're in a time of confusion. Don't question it when you don't know what the answer is. I'm here to tell you, your God is enough. He's enough. Now, somebody needs to hear me now. Five chapters and some 
13 years prior to God having this conversation with Abraham, he had a previous conversation with Abraham. The book would say it like this in Genesis chapter 12, five chapters earlier, 13 years prior. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation. So here we see all of those years prior that the Lord had prophesied and promised to Abraham and Sarah that from them this great nation was going to come. Thirteen years, five chapters prior, God has already spoken to them for the first time this promise that this nation was going to come forth from their union. The problem was, as we've already mentioned, they did not have a son. So how was it that this great nation of people numbered as the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky, how is it going to become a reality if you don't even have the first child? And as you begin to read that from Genesis 12, you can read the story for yourself. But instead of trusting God with the promise... And instead of trusting God's timing for the promise, they instead took it upon themselves to try and fulfill the promise with their own abilities. For the Bible says this, Genesis chapter 16 and verse 1, So the Lord has already spoken to Abraham and Sarah, told them he's going to make of them a great nation. Their seed will be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea, and yet they still have yet to have their first child. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bear him no children. We're supposed to have this great nation, and we can't have a child. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, so that it may be that I may obtain a child by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Now, Notice, the promise was not being fulfilled the way they thought it was going to be fulfilled. You you just got to know that all the way back in Genesis 12 when he spoke to them about this great nation, you just got to know that the next day Sarah was probably thinking, I'm probably pregnant. I don't think they had, you know, the test that we take now. She had never had a child before, so she might not have understood what it felt like, but you just got to know that that first week, couple weeks, month, whatever, she was expecting every day to be pregnant. And then it didn't happen, and 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 it didn't happen. 
now they're getting upset and now they're getting confused and now they're getting frustrated that what God promised, it doesn't look like he's performing. And so they decided to help God out. The promise wasn't coming to pass the way they thought it was going to come to pass. So hear me now, hear me. So instead of trusting in the all-sufficient power and ability of God, they instead took it upon themselves in their own flesh to try and bring about the promise of the Lord. God wasn't working like they thought he should work. So they decided they needed to help God out. So Sarah gives permission to her husband to have relations with Hagar, her handmaid. And from that relationship was born a child by the name of Ishmael. Then it was some 13 years later that we now come to our time of our text. And the Lord is now telling Abraham, Abraham, I don't need your help. I'm about to tell you something, Abraham. I'm about to remind you of the promise that I gave you 13 years ago. But before I remind you of the promise, I'm going to speak to you of who I am. That I am the God that is enough all by myself. I don't need you to help me do what I've promised. Abraham... I am enough by myself. Abraham, I don't need your help to accomplish what I've spoken over your life. Woo, Jesus. Abraham, I don't need you to try to figure out a way to bring my word to pass in your life. So Abraham, I just need to remind you of the fact that I am enough to carry out what I have spoken and I am enough to bring to pass that which I have promised. I don't need you and your wife trying to figure it out. I don't need you working it all out in your head trying to figure out where it's going to go and how we're going to do it and how it's going to come. No, 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 no. I want you to know I'm enough all by myself. I don't need your little strength. I am the God that fills all space and fills all time. God works everything out according to the counsel of his own will. That's why just a few verses later in this second conversation that God has with Abraham, the Lord would tell him this, Genesis 17 and 19. Am I helping anybody today? Genesis 17 and 19. And God said, so now it's the second time, now watch. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Abraham, because I am enough. 
I'm trying to remind you and show you and tell you and give you revelation of the fact that your wife shall bear a son indeed. And I will accomplish my everlasting covenant through you just like I promised that I would. Here we see the Lord letting Abraham know he didn't need Abraham to take the promise into his own hands in order for it to be brought about. Abraham, you don't have to work it out. Abraham, you don't have to try to figure it out. Abraham, you don't need to have Sarah figure something out on her own and in your flesh in order to accomplish what I've called over you. Why? Because I am enough to do what I promised that I would do. I feel the Holy Ghost. I need to talk to somebody right now who's facing difficulties and you're facing challenges and you're facing decisions and it doesn't seem like God's working. It doesn't seem like God's moving. It doesn't seem like the doors are being opened and you know you know that you got a word from the Lord. You know that you know that the Lord spoke to you and told you he was going to take care of it. He's going to fix it. He's going to open a way and he's going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. You had a peace about it when you left the prayer meeting. You felt good about it when you left the prayer meeting. You went home, talked to your husband, talked to your wife, talked to your kids, talked to your family, talked to whoever and you said, I feel a peace and I know God's going to work it out. The problem is it didn't get worked out the next day worked out the next week and it didn't get worked out the next month and now all of a sudden you're coming up against crunch time and now all of a sudden you're wanting to see what God told you that you were supposed to see and you want to see the promise fulfilled and yet the problem is it's not happening and the danger, the danger, the danger that we have as human beings sometimes if we're not careful is that we slip into the flesh, out of the spirit and into the flesh and we began to make things happen. Uh, We're not going to run the aisles right now, but I'm helping somebody. We begin to force something to happen. We begin to make something happen. Let me tell, I don't know why I'm saying this, but let me tell you something. God has a spouse for you. You let God pick them. The problems is when we force. I just don't know. I just don't know if I'm ever going to get married. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. And and God said it was. And I felt like I had a promise from the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But I felt like I had a promise from the Lord that he was going to give me the desires of my heart. And I would desire to be married. And I'm just here to tell somebody in the house, you let God put it together. Now, let me just clarify, because if all you do is sit in your living room all day, you're probably not going to meet anybody. Well, pastor said, <laughs> he's probably not just going to come ring your doorbell, you know. You got to get out a little bit. You got to meet some people. But what I'm talking about is people that say it's just not ever going to happen. And so what they do is they force it in their flesh. I just don't want to be alone. I just don't want to be alone. I just don't want to be alone. And so I'll settle for something that is less than God's perfect will. Oh, Jesus. I'll settle for something less than what God has promised to me just so I won't grow old by myself. I'm here to tell you that is a lie from the devil himself. 
I said, don't try to fix in your flesh but what the Holy Ghost is trying to do in the spirit. It might not happen when you want it to happen. But what I'm trying to tell you is when God puts it together, it's going to be the most beautiful thing that you could ever walk in, the most beautiful thing that you could ever see and witness with your whole life. But whether it's a marriage, a future marriage, whatever it is, I'm here to tell somebody, come on, don't try to fix something in the flesh that you don't think God is doing in the spirit. We just need to trust him that he is the God that is enough. He's enough. He is enough. He needs you and I to put our faith in the sufficiency of his power. That's what he needs from us. Because we do have a part to play. He is enough, but we do have a part to play. And that part is us putting our faith in his all-sufficient power. I trust you, God. You are enough. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to fast and I'm going to believe so my flesh can be crucified and my spirit can rule and reign so that my spirit can touch your spirit and your spirit can lead me and guide me and direct me. I understand and know, God, that you are enough and I'm going to put my confidence in that. And it may not work like I think it's going to work and it may look like you're late, but you're always right on time. I'm going to trust your all-sufficient power. You are enough. Uh, Somebody just lift your hands right now. I'm not done, but lift your hands right now. He's trying to give revelation to, and maybe not revelation, but maybe a reminder. He's, He's trying to remind somebody of a revelation you've already received years ago, but you've, you forgot it. In the middle of your questioning, in the middle of your dark night, in the middle of the upheaval that is currently facing your life, you forgot that he was enough all by himself. So you've got your hands all over it. And because your hands are on it, his hands can't be on it. Somebody needs to let it go. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you just need to let it go. Now look back at him and say, because your God is enough. Your God is enough. Now, can I go a little further? As I mentioned previously, we find that it was in Genesis 12 that the Lord first spoke his promise over Abraham and Sarah. And what's interesting, what's interesting is that in that chapter, Genesis 12, the Bible refers to God as Lord, Lord, some eight to ten times. I was trying to count them, but my kids kept coming in, and I'd get to about six, and one of them would come in. What do I do with this? What do I do with that? So it's between eight and ten somewhere. Eight to ten times he is referred to as Lord. So here we find that Abraham has, now I need your minds here, okay? Abraham has an understanding of God as Lord. 
which when you study it out, you will find that the title Lord was simply the Hebrew name that was given to God. It did not necessarily give understanding of who he was as much as it simply gave the one speaking it the ability to give definition to the God that they were worshiping and serving. Does that make sense? It didn't. It was simply a name that they could attach to the God of all heaven. And so here we find that in this first encounter with the Lord that Abraham has, and in his first realization of God's promises over his life, hear me, we see that Abraham had a revelation and an understanding of the name of God. But he didn't have an understanding of the power of God. Eight to ten times. He's having a conversation. Lord, 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 Lord. He knew him to be Lord, but he didn't know him to be enough. That's why he tried to take it in his own hand. After having conversation with the Lord. He knew him to be Lord, but he didn't know him to be enough. He knew that he was Lord. But his understanding of the Lord was not deep enough to get him to a place where he could trust God completely with an unfulfilled promise. Who am I talking to right now? He knew enough about him to call him by his name. But he didn't know enough about him to trust him when life wasn't working out like he wanted life to work out. I realize today that most people, many people in this room are a people of the name. Is there anybody glad you got a revelation of the name Jesus? I'm glad I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And when I went down in that watery grave, it wasn't just my sins being taken away. But when I went down to that name, the name Jesus was applied to my life. We take on his name at baptism. I'm grateful that we are a people of the name. I'm not trying to offend anybody today, but I'm glad I know the name Jesus. It's not just the name of some second person in some fictitious trinity, but I'm glad to know when I call the name Jesus, I get the attention of all of who God is. We are a people of the name. And yet, it's possible to know what his name is, but not know that he's enough. I'm baptized in his name, but I don't know that he's enough to bring me through what I'm going through. Come on, somebody. I got a revelation of what his name is. 
I know I call that name and I get the attention of all of who God is. My problem is, is I don't know whether that the one whose attention I'm getting is enough. So just like in our story, so the Lord, the Lord has this first conversation with Abraham. And the Lord, 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 name, 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 name. But then he realizes Abraham doesn't have revelation that he's enough. He knows him by name, but he doesn't understand the power behind the name. So the Lord says, let me, let me give him another encounter. And this time, I'm not going to say Lord. It's not going to be Lord because he, he understands that. He, he's got that intellectually, uh, who I am. He knows, he knows and understands the Hebrew name for me. But on this trip and on this conversation... And on this encounter, Abraham, the last time we talked, you knew me by my name. But now I want to reveal to you the power. The all-sufficiency that comes with the name. Abraham, I want you to understand it's more than just a name. But tied to that name. Is a God that is enough. 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 And so he has a second encounter with Abraham in order to give him revelation that, yeah, I know you got some unfulfilled promises and prophecies resting on you, and I realize and understand that you got yourself in a bit of a trouble because you try to fix stuff on your own and in your own flesh and with your own wisdom. But now I'm here to give you a second encounter. And with this encounter, it's not just going to be about my name because you already have revelation about that. But this time, I want to let it go a little bit deeper, and I want you to understand that when you call that name, you're getting the attention of one that is enough. I realize I might not be preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody right now. And God is here. He is here. He is here to give revelation to somebody in the house concerning the power that rests upon the name that you were baptized in. It's God's will to give us understanding that he is truly enough. I wonder if somebody could stand to your feet right now. Come on, Jesus. You're enough. God, I pray for revelation to flow in this house right now. I pray for revelation to flow in this house right now. I pray for revelation to flow in this house right now. God, there's somebody in the house uh, that they can give a Bible study on why the name of God is Jesus. Uh, somebody in the house is full versed, uh, and they can look at five or 10 or 20 verses uh, and show people why uh, your name is Jesus uh, and why we need to be baptized in the name of Jesus uh, and why we are a people of the name the problem is they've walked into this house discouraged and they've walked into this house confused and they've walked in this house with questions because it's not working 
like they thought it was going to work. And I serve you and I minister for you and I do this and I do that. And I've prayed and i prayed and I thought I heard your voice. And I thought you told me this was going to happen. And I thought you told me you were going to work it all out. And I thought you told me you were going to make a way. And I shouted over that promise. And I rejoiced over that promise. And I ran the aisles over that promise. But it hasn't happened. And yes, I'm a people of the name. But now I'm finding myself trying to fix my own problems because it doesn't seem like God's working. So God sent me to tell you he desires to have a second encounter with you today. Uh, Just like he did Abraham and it's not about the name because you've got that already. It's about revelation of his all-sufficient power. Somebody in the house has confused the waiting of God with the inability of God. Just because you're waiting on something doesn't mean that God is unable. He gave you a promise, but did he give you a time? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel a spirit of revelation in this house right now. Because the enemy, the enemy is trying to convince somebody right now that because God hasn't worked, it means he can't work. Because if God could have fixed it, he would have fixed it. If God could have made a way, he would have already done made a way. If God could have turned it around, he would have already turned He's lying to you and the enemy's talking to you and he said, remember, remember when you prayed so hard at the altar, if God could have did it, he would have did it right there. Remember when you worshiped like you never worshiped before? Remember when you danced and shouted like you had never done before? If God really could have done what he said he was going to do, then he would have did it at that moment. But because he didn't do it at that moment, it's because he can't do it. He's lying. And so the Lord is here today to give somebody a second encounter. I'm enough. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. I'm enough. I know where you are. Abraham, I know how old you are. Sarah, I know how old you are. 
I know what the realtors are saying. I know what the boss is saying. I know what the bills are saying. I know what your body's saying. I know, I know, I know better than you know. I know the deadline. I know the calendar. I know what you have to do. I know when it has to be done by. I know. You'll take your hands off it because you're going to make it worse. And you're going to add things into the equation that's just going to cause division. So just stop doing what you're doing and put your faith back in the all-sufficient power of the one who has never failed you yet. Lift your hands. God, I pray for the spirit of revelation to fall in this room right now. I pray for peace that comes with that revelation. God, there's going to be a great peace that comes with that revelation of the all-sufficient power. God, I release the spirit of revelation in this room right now. As much as was in Within my power to do so, by the name of Jesus Christ, I release a spirit of revelation in this house right now. I release the second encounter. I release a second encounter. People of the name are now going to be re- have revelation of your all-sufficiency. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough for what I'm going through. You're enough for what I'm facing. You're enough for what I'm dealing with. You're enough for what my family's dealing with. You're enough for what my marriage is dealing with. You're enough for what I'm facing with my finances. You're enough for what I'm dealing with at the workplace, at the schoolhouse. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. And I put my trust in that. So here's what I want us to do. From the back to the front, I want everybody that will. I want you to come down to the front, and I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to come down with faith. I want you to come down with faith. I want you to come down with 